got divorced. <laughs> How about that for starters? Um, it was it was a real real hard thing to shoot this movie and get prepared for it, gain weight and getting costume every day, wear underwear for hours upon hours upon hours in front of the whole crew. Um, and then deal with the grease, the suit. The suit was really, really rough. It was a, a latex suit and they like lathered us in this stuff called methicellulose and put icy hot on top to make it glisten and we were freezing for 14 hours a day. Um, but it was a lot of fun, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing that we were actually talking about last night in, in the room. We're like, what do you think the costume was made out of? Yeah, it was and a really cheap latex suit that they got wrong. It was like super tight on me, and on Michael's was really baggy. Right. <laughs> and mine ripped out at the end when we were in the forest okay. running yeah. around. It ripped out the back. And they couldn't fix it, so they didn't do any shot of me from behind. <laughs> but there was no laughing or any kind of, you know, humor on the set. It was very serious because it was like we did three takes of things. We did like one, two, three takes, and that was it. So we had to really get it right. Right. Low budget stuff, you know. Sure, yeah. And what are some of your favorite um, what are some of your favorite memories or stories from set? Michael couldn't get some of the lines right. So I went to the producer and had him get a uh, an earphone for Michael. So they put an earphone in and he couldn't get the lines. So they did cue cards and he couldn't get the lines. And then then they did what else did they do? Cue cards, earphone. And then he got the lines after without it. And I'm like, what the hell? That was one of them. And then uh, let me think. Our last scene that wasn't the final was going to be the final scene of the movie, but wasn't. Was Michael and I in this industrial area, naked, hand in hand, dancing down the street. That was going to end the movie. We did one take and Michael didn't do it right. He didn't go the right line. So Jim, the director, said, Michael, do it once more and we got it. He said, if I do it once more, I'm going to be dead. And we didn't do it. So that, that would have been the ending of the movie, seeing us like naked coming at you. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of us um, in the audience and in this room would still love to see that. <laughs> Yeah, we can't get that outtake. <laughs> yeah. We gotta get the director's cut of this. Yes. <laughs> there was some stuff when he strangled the the, uh, the hot dog vendor in the, the RV, there was all kinds of great stuff that they improved that I was like, shit, they didn't get that in the movie. But if Jim did a director's cut, that all this great stuff, extra sex scenes, Michael really doing some really gross stuff <laughs> it could get him in trouble today <laughs> right what was the most difficult scene to shoot for you personally was it the final running in the forest or something else one of the scenes that i'd forgotten about that was really hard and getting prepared for my friend down here 
Dylan from the Walter Paisley movie house brought up, and he had forgotten about this, where Michael and Janet are having sex, and I'm losing it because he's having sex with my girlfriend. And I, I get really worked up, and I run out of the house, down the street, and go just crazy, crazy. That was a, that was a tough scene, man. Um, and tell us a little bit about how you got started. How did you get involved with acting? My wife took me down to a thing called uh, LA Casting. Have you heard of that? No. Uh. It's like a, an online thing. You go down, they bring you into a funny room, and they take a picture of you, and they start an online profile, and you submit, you self-submit yourself, you self-submit yourself to projects. And like, oh, I can do that. I can be a, a businessman picking up a transsexual in an alley. I, I'd love to do that. You submit yourself, and then you get an email that says, you're picked, come on down to audition. Okay. And I got all these auditions for all these weird roles. And that's how I met Jim. Okay, very cool. What was it like working with Michael besides his whole line issue? Michael's is, difficult to work with because he does everything in like a method like if he's choking you he's really choking you and when he's having sex with you he's trying to really have sex with you and I'm like dude this is this is acting man don't be don't be a weirdo or a creepy person I wish she was here now man no we were really really loved really loved He's got diabetes, so like he has these diabetes attacks. Sure. And he's got to, you know, go out and stick up the needle in his stomach. Yeah. Well, we know we have a ton of fans out in the audience, people who really love this movie. So we wanted to give some uh, a good amount of time for people to ask questions. Does anybody out in, out in the audience have any questions for Sky? I know you do. Don't be shy. Uh, oh, that guy, yeah. Thanks for asking. Uh, I'm, from Pittsburgh. I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I grew up in the steel mill area of Pittsburgh. And uh, by 10 o'clock in the morning, you needed to change a white shirt where I grew up because of the, the smoke in the air. That's it. Yeah. It literally made your shirt like dark. And you know, the buildings were all like black. That's from the steel mills. Yeah. Did you guys know that? No. And then they came in and they said, this looks terrible. We want to sandblast all these buildings. So they sandblasted it all away. That's really interesting. I'm from Bakersfield, California, where the air quality is so bad. You go home, you wash off the air. From the oil. The water's brown. So I get it. Who's the guy from Bakersfield? The country dude. Buck Owens. Buck Owens. Buck Owens, and there's another dude, Waylon Jennings? Yeah. Um, and um, Dan Horn, whatever. No, they're from Bakersfield. Yeah, we did not know that. Yeah, that's what we're known for. We're known for Buck Owens, Hee Haw, <laughs> and Horn. <laughs> Over here. And the worst air quality. We'd like to hear a question from the Walter Paisley. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I know he's got some good ones for you. He's a good dude. What, what, what were you doing before you were an actor? I, I was a musician. 
from like two years old all the way up to in the 20s and I got on Atlantic Records and then it, yeah, I did it. We were in a band called Seventh House from Pittsburgh and we got this big following and got signed. Do you have any cool regular gigs anywhere? You mean playing? Yeah. Oh God, no, dude. I spent so many years on the road. It's like, it was did such- Did you play CBGB at all? Yeah, we played CBGB, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> How did you know? I don't know, I just thought so. <laughs> you guys know CBGB? Yeah. We had a regular gig there Monday nights for like two years. So we drive up from Pittsburgh Monday, get to the get to CBGB to do a sound check, clean up Hilly's dogs piss and shit. <laughs> you know Hilly Crystal, famous, and then do the do the gig. She'd give us a slot, and then we drive back to Pittsburgh. Like, it's a marathon every Monday. Eat at this place called Dojo. It was the cheapest meal. It was $1.99 for brown rice, a tofu burger, and salad. $1.99. That is a steal. It really is. What did you play? Like, what kind of music? It was like kind of at the at that time, we were doing that every Monday night. It was kind of heavy funk rock. Oh, I just funky, that. Like, a name, name one of our songs. Um, Funked Up Head. Yes. <laughs> Love that. And what, uh, what instrument do you play? I play bass. Awesome. That's my favorite so instrument. So we did music, and then I just like the music. It went down like, we got, they booted us off Atlanta because of all kinds of business shit. And then the towers went, came down right after that. And then we, we drove out to LA. Okay, yeah. And um, tell me what kind of stuff you're up to these days. Are you working on any special projects? What do you got going on? I'm working on? on a new project with this guy in England. And I'm gonna go to Scotland cool. and do this project, which I can't talk about. Because sure. they told me not to say anything about it. Sure. This I would talk if we didn't have this inner thing called the internet. I'd tell you about it because it wouldn't get out and right. it wouldn't. Exactly. They totally pissed understand. off. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Have you ever been to Scotland before? No. Oh, so it's the first time. Very cool. <laughs> I love Duncan McLeod from the Clan McLeod. <laughs> right over here in that great greasy hat. Um, Scott, is there a director that you want to work with? Is there someone you really admire that you'd like to work with? Ridley Scott. Absolutely. Sophia Coppola. Mm -hmm. I know her. I knew, I kind of know her. I, I, I used to be her waitress in Chicago. <laughs> when she was on um, Empire, Empire, yeah, she'd come into my, my restaurant and order spaghetti and meatballs. Wow. With their hair sauce. What kind of restaurant? Was it a good restaurant? It was okay. It'd have to be pretty good for her to order the spaghetti and meatballs. Yeah, yeah, and so, um, yeah, so I waited on her several times, and I'm like, I remember you from American Dreams. <laughs> and she goes, oh, well, that was so long ago. Like, so she's pretty cool. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah, and she always had the same table, and she always came around lunchtime, so it wasn't busy, and yeah, it was like clockwork. Let me think of another director I'd like to work with, because he caught me off guard Um <laughs> Think, man. Name one, and then I'll tell you. 
from David Lynch. David Lynch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. I would watch that. Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Love to work with him. He, he worked as a kid in the video store in Manhattan Beach, right where I live. And people would call him up and say, what's this movie I'm thinking about? And they name, name like one little line from the movie and he'd tell them every, all, everything. He's got like a photographic memory and he you knows an encyclopedia of film. Wow. So, that's what I ask a companion question that, I mean, we know that this is produced by Elijah Wood. Right. Did you have any experience with him? Was he around? Yeah, he was on the set every day. Really? Oh, yeah. that's so cool. And I came out and I was, the only question I wanted to ask him was, how did you get the gig with Lord of the Rings? Right? <laughs> what did he say? And he said, he, he got the audition with his agent, but they wanted him to fly to New York. And he didn't want to fly to New York to go into a room, like a white room, with a, with a video camera, real sterile. So his agent said, asked them, could he self-tape? And they said, okay, send a self-tape, and he made costumes. And he put this whole world together. And, and he did this whole thing, and it was like Lord of the Rings. He spent all this time doing the self-tape at the game. Wow. What was it like working with him? Me working with him? Yeah. Well, he wasn't in the movie, obviously, right, but right. he was just he hanging out set. and just saying, where in the hell did they get you, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and I'd also love to know, since we're here at Days of the Dead, are you a fan of horror? Um, House on a Haunted Hill? Yeah. Remake and original. Surprise. <laughs> original, original. That really scared the shit out of me. It's a great one. The Exorcist. Yeah. Rosemary's Baby. Oh, yes. um, does Alien fall in here? I, think I would say so. Alien. <laughs> that first one. And then um, I like Penny Dreadful, the one in England. Yeah. Have you watched that? Yeah, yeah my, husband, my husband is obsessed with Penny Dreadful. Uh, have you guys seen Penny Dreadful, the one in England? Not this one here even though the same writer did it. It's insane, man. Todd, do you have a question? What do you think about the movie Silent Grave? Never heard of it. Chuck Norris. The, uh, 80s, right? Yeah. Yeah. I like Chuck Norris, man. What? I like Chuck Norris and Bruce Lee, that thing they did in their oh, movie. Oh, yeah. That's killer. Wasn't oh, John Jackson in that as well? Yeah. You know how important music is to a movie? Absolutely. How important music is to a movie. Yeah. Right? Yeah, totally. If you took that Chuck Norris and Bruce Lee scene and put any other music over it, it would have been shit. It's true. How about that, man? It's true. Can you have anyone else's I will. Thanks for that, man. Appreciate it. That's a great question because yeah. yeah. I was campaigning for me to do the soundtrack. Oh, naturally, of course. I said, yeah. Jim, 
look, I gotta do this soundtrack. I gotta work with you. He says, Yeah, sure, Scott. We'll do the soundtrack together. <laughs> and I'm like, Okay, great. So I st after we do the movie, I'm bugging him, bugging him, bugging him. He's like, Don't bother me now, Scott. And, <laughs> and then he says he has like uh, he has Miles Davis music in the soundtrack, like real Miles behind all the stuff. And I'm like, Jim, you will never get Miles Davis in your movie. Like, they will never license Miles for the movie. Not this He's movie. like, I can get it, Scott. I can get it. You're not going to get it. They don't do it. Miles is like the holy grail. And it, it, I said, come on, I'll fly over there and we'll write the music. He says, give me a minute. And I heard nothing. And then, he, then I got back to him a month later and he said, I'm using Andrew home. <laughs> and I'm like, who's that? Footballs. <laughs> what the hell is fuckbuttons? No, Sky, footballs. No, it's fuckbuttons, Jim. Yes. Jim. <laughs> footballs. <laughs> There was no improv. None at all? But none. And, and Michael, I remember the scene where we're walking in our, our in our outfits, in our disco tour outfits, and we're, he's saying, I it's it's official, I'm dating Janet. You know, remember that scene? He, we had a big argument with Jim, he did. He said, I want to improv this scene because he couldn't get the <laughs> And Jim's like, no improvs. Michael, Michael, no improv. And we didn't do any improv at all. It was all to the letter. Okay. Good question, man. Definitely. Was there any other questions? Uh, you mentioned you were in a band. Did your band ever end up releasing an album? We have six records. Okay. 7th House. And then when we got off of Atlantic, we started a group called Insofar. There's a band in England called Insofar, but it's the American one. Okay. And it's all on iTunes and all those things. You know, Spotify and Rhapsody. Or you can listen to it. Tell me which one you like. Were there any hard copies that were made? Any CDs or? Yeah. yeah. I'm, a, I'm a physical media person. I want the CD. Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was wondering. Physical media is where it's at. Yes. <laughs> if you World DM me, I'll go out in the garage and I'll. I've got like five thousand of them. <laughs> <laughs> I will buy that from you. I can steal them. You should bring them to the shows. Yeah. I know, man. Sky, will you sell? Is there nothing you will sell? <laughs> Here's my underwear that I wore yesterday. God, it just seems so opportunistic to be selling seven cups. <laughs> Not all at once. <laughs> no, but I'm sure. But thanks for asking. People bring scripts to their tables and they autograph and sell them. I mean, I'm sure people would buy the CDs. Yeah, that's it. another. <laughs> oh, but I like my scripts too, so that's fun. Wow. So. Oh. I mean, yeah. I sold my script that I used on the Greasy Strangler that I had all written up and everything. I sold it. How much? How much did it sell for? To, to Evan McNair of Mad Monster Party. That's a good story. Evan, he was like, I want that script, Scott. I want that script. I said, what do you want to give me for it? He said, I'll give you $200 for it. 
But I could have gotten a lot more, but okay. Evan's a good friend. Exactly. Exactly. And he's got the fucking glasses. Big lines oh. glasses. He bought those from the prop house in fucking Burbank. And I'm like, where are they, man? I want those back. <laughs> They're in a warehouse in Florida somewhere. Wow. <laughs> Watch these guys, man. Yeah. Uh, My what? <laughs> I'm trying to get that. One of the guys who worked on the movie said he can get it, and uh, Michael has his. <laughs> you guys were thinking that that's actually my thing, right? <laughs> No, it's called a Birkin and then a prosthetic. Uh -huh. And I never heard this Birkin word before. And I, <laughs> I really hate that Birkin thing, man. Because <laughs> they glued that on your thing. You oh, shit. And they glued it, and at the end of the thing, the lady would literally go. <laughs> 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 I know. Did you see the picture of them putting it on? Everybody's seen that on Michael. Mm -hmm. Looks like a, a, a renaissance photo. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, what was your, what was kind of your reaction when you first saw the finished product, when you first watched the Greasy Strangler? You're not going to believe this, but my wife had, hadn't seen it, and they, I hadn't seen it, and, and, and Spectrovision hasn't, hadn't seen it. Okay. They hadn't seen anything, because Jim had the deal, like, I'm going to do everything. I'm going to do the music, the edits, the everything, and nobody's going to approve it. It's going to be me. So the first time we saw it was at Sundance 2016, and I got sick. I did. I, I watched it, my wife and I, she was like, pants. <laughs> she was like, this is so gross. How could you be involved in it? And I got up, and I was, my stomach got up. Room and threw up. Did you know it was going to be as, as like icky? As no, I didn't know. I didn't know because yeah. you're involved in it. You're right. thinking, I did a pretty good job there in that scene. You did. You know, and then like you see it, and you're like, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but then wait. But then when they called us and we and I said to my wife, I said, we're going to Australia. She said, for what? And I said, the Greasy Strangler. We're doing a tour. She said. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> Women. <laughs> so, guys, I mean, I had several friends tell me about this movie within the last few years, okay? Mm -hmm. And um, I. I you played with your grandma. No, I, I had never seen it. She's passed now, but if she wasn't, she would be now. <laughs> but I had never seen it, so I bought it on iTunes and I watched it on the plane on my iPad and uh, my <laughs> my face like this all the time. <laughs> and I'm not ever It's one of those things. It was a packed flight. I am dying. I was I, I was laser focused, but I didn't want to look for either side. But I'm dying to know what happened besides me with those people watching over my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> and what was kind of like the reaction like of the other people watching the movie and uh, you know, other than your wife, how did people respond? When we went to Sundance, it was the first screening of it. And there was a lot, there's an opening party they do at Sundance. Have you ever been there? I have, it's, I wish. It's like 
for miles you get in the line to go into the opening like it's a big party with disco with DJs and free drinks and everything. And we're in line for this for two hours, three hours, and we just heard people talking about the greasy strangler in line. Like I gotta go to the see this greasy strangler. And there were like four or five screenings all sold out. Wow. Standing room. Wow. It was nuts. And then people they get into it and like it gets starts to get into it and then people start like Walking out. <laughs> when everybody started walking out, it's still packed. Wow. Right. There was plenty of room for people to lean. There were so many people already. <laughs> what did you get any feedback from the audience members that stayed? Like after the fact? You know, it's such a blur, man. Yeah, yeah. It's such a blur because that first night I we did a QA right after I threw up in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, did you open the QA head? We did the Q&A and it's just a blur. I don't remember anything with that line, people talking about it. And we're wearing the greasy beanies because Tim Lee, the guy who owns Alamo Draft House, he made those beanies. He had sacks of them in the condo we were staying at and we're, we're walking down the street and somebody offered us 500 bucks for a beanie. They were so crazy about the beanies. And the guy who did Grease approached Tim, um, not Tim Lee, but Aunt Timpson, the point of the producers, and said, you can't do that, that's Grease. He stole the logo. And Tim and Aunt's like, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> the big fight, man. Oh my gosh. Oh, I see a hand over here, Cut. I haven't thought of that. 
I haven't thought of that name for a band. I was just trying to think of the tunes that I'd sing. <laughs> the Greasy Concords? <laughs> that might just throw it out there. I don't know if you'd be down with the Concords, but like, what do they call the guys from New Zealand? Kiwis. The Greasy Kiwis. <laughs> Sounds tasty. <laughs> They have to wet it up with this methocellulose and then put this shiny stuff. This methocellulose is kind of dull. It gives it a texturized, greasy look, but the, the, the icy stuff gives it the glisten of grease. So they were actually wet. That sucked, man, because it's cold. And we were cold and we had to stand in front of the heater and it all dried up, so they had to keep applying it. And that stuff, to get it out of your hair at the end of the night, it took Literally, I was in the shower for two hours, and I shampooed my hair over and over and over again. So you're, you're over the grease then? And Jim was like, Jim, the director was like, Sky, I, never, I didn't make one dime from that movie. And he was, he was talking about like how the labor of love it was. And I was thinking, man, we were all so committed to doing that movie that any other thing, I would have said, fuck that, man, <laughs> getting that stuff out of my hair for two hours, and this and that, but we didn't think twice about it because we really loved this script. Yeah. Speaking of love, you know, this movie has really become a modern cult classic. How's that kind of feel? I mean, um, the fans just love you guys, and it has become this cult classic. It, it feels good, man. Thanks. Thanks for loving it. DM me, and we'll talk back and forth. <laughs> Disco dancing thing, I put the fix in. <laughs> Did you guys see that thing, the video of him throwing the cash to the people? No. Oh, it's, it was awesome, man. They won the disco dance. These two two ladies were awesome dancers. I said, damn, now. He gave them all this cash. For <laughs> anyway. It was cool. She was uh, super, super, super professional, and she's she was on Eastbound and Down, and she's done stuff. Michael it wasn't really professional. He's a he, you know, you could you understand that, yes. right? I'm not trying to beat on the guy, but you know, he came in and he's like, I'm going to improv this whole movie. Dude, you're not going to improv. Just like, no, you're not. I'm going to choke you to death, and you're going to go to the hospital. Dude, you're not. The, the, Elizabeth was a total professional. Like I like her a lot. She's she's so good. She's so talented. She's talented, man. She's good. But when I first read the script, there's 13 sex scenes. 
were deleted from the script. I read this, I said, Jim, I'm not doing this movie with a porn star, because you're not going to be able to get anybody but a porn star to do this. I'm going to spray rope after rope after rope on your face. How about that?
because Michael went over the line, if you know what I mean. I think so. Can you imagine Michael, St. Michael, going over the line? <laughs> was that very stressful? That was very, very stressful. You know, come on, man. I wish he was here. <laughs> and you know what he'd say to this? I can, I can predict it, right? I say, no. He'd say, don't you know it's all about the ropes, guy? It's all about the ropes. I did see some more people filter in. Did you guys have any questions? What's that? Did the new people I saw filter in have any questions? No, not yet. Okay. Do we have any others at the moment? I love you guys, man. <laughs> Is there any incident behind the scenes that between you and Michael? That made well, that he choked me. We, he was going to choke me out when I was saying, you know, you know, it's all right if you, you know, we got into a thing there when we're, we're at the end of the walking tour or we're walking together. He was going to choke me out and he started like, we were rehearsing around the corner and he started to really choke me. And like choke me. I said, dude, you're hurting me. This is not the way you do it. And it, I had to get it back together again. And Jim came over and started yelling at him like, you don't choke somebody when you're on film, man. You don't kill the talent. <laughs> that was a bad one right there. And then him not being able to get the lines. I kind of had a little thing with Elijah and his partner. I'm like, dude, he's got to get the lines. These lines are so genius. You can't freaking change this or or redact anything. You got. To. Definitely. So since you're somewhat new to the acting world, right? To musician, right? Yeah, pretty new. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any um, actors that particularly inspire you? Michael Keaton, he's from Pittsburgh. I love him. I love him. Christian Bale, I love. Um, Malcolm McDowell, phenomenal. Richard Harris, dude. Dude. And um, who else? Daniel Day Lewis, um, Patrick Seymour Hoffman. Think of anyone else, but there's a lot of great guys that are inspiring, man. Yeah, definitely. And do you have any tips or advice for somebody who's maybe wanting to get into acting? I do. <laughs> and I didn't think, I thought about this because a guy, when I was in Pittsburgh for two weeks, I just came from Pittsburgh okay. shooting a movie. And one of these podcast guys came to me like the Walter Pacey movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he Why said, you know, he was asking me, they do a podcast for actors and you get on and you give people advice and talk about the craft and all that stuff. So I was thinking, what can, I was thinking of something I could tell people that are trying to get in it or that are in it that I thought about. That you maybe wish you knew. And this is it. Try to position yourself not only, primarily economically, because it's living in LA and New York and Atlanta is incredibly expensive. So you kind of have to position yourself economically to say yes to absolutely everything. You don't say no to anything. So 
hundreds of hundreds, and you just keep doing it, doing it, doing it, and not say, no, i got to go to my day job, or no, I don't have the money, I can't afford to do that, or no. Position yourself so you can say yes, and then stay in that position so you can say no to everything. So when people hear you say no, they say, wait, no, what, what do you want? Oh, well, here's really what I need. <laughs> I need, you know, um, grease. <laughs> oh, we know. We need lots of grease. <laughs> you know, and um, just curious, like, do you have any idea how much grease was used on set? You know, there's that fat of it that the hot dog gets dipped in. You know that big tub in the bedroom? Uh -huh. I stepped into a big fucking barrel of grease. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and went down into it. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Um, was it like hard to eat meals between takes when you were dealing with all this grease? It actually wasn't. I was really into this. I really loved this movie, yeah. just filming this movie. Even though there were, there's hard things on every movie. Of course. Yeah. It was, it's the most fun, man. Oh, yeah. I bet. I mean, it looks like a blast. And again, it's so cool that this movie was made. It's different. It's funny. It's gross. Um, and again, people love it. It's a modern cult classic. It's got, it's got a look, look about it. Yeah. The locations you you don't really believe this is LA. Yeah. That's totally. pretty genius. Totally. What's um what's something that you learned while you were working on this movie? Something you learned about life, about the craft, anything? What you learned? Well, when I went through you ready for this? This is absolutely true. I was going by my own advice which I don't usually do, but I, we went we went through costume and hair and all this stuff. And then they got to like doing the movie and I said, no, I'm not gonna do the movie. And they said, wait, wait, you're not doing the movie? I said, yeah, I can't work for this amount of money because it's nothing. It was absolutely, you're working a month. I, you know, I got a mortgage, I got two mortgages. But you and I can't got, do anything else for a month, which means you I couldn't, so they said, what do you want, Sky? So I said, I want a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> so we started to, to negotiate. That's what you gotta do, man. Yeah. Go through hair and makeup, go through costume, and then say, you know, I can't do this. <laughs> Especially costuming like your guys' is very specific to your quality, and like you said, your, your greasy costume did not get you probably half the problem. You know, so yeah. I got over to this place called Illusion Industries in Burbank and they, they like did all the like measurements for the suit yeah. and it came out like two sizes too small. And I said to the lady, I said, you guys are freaking idiots. <laughs> I, I gotta get this on. They, it took an hour to get it on, and Michael's swimming in his. Yeah, I'm like, come on, man, make another one. Those things are expensive, Sky. Say, Daddy, a paycheck. Okay, never mind. Has a has a fan ever brought you a really interesting thing to sign? Say that again. Have, um, has a fan ever brought you anything really interesting or bizarre to sign? Or even like a, had something really interesting and bizarre to say to you? 
they had those t-shirts that they made that we the greasy strangler it's all about the ropes they made <laughs> they designed them themselves wow and then these guys made their own pink outfits i saw and this i saw they were good and I saw a tumbler too, like a, a cup. With oh yeah, the cup. Right? yeah, the cup. Yeah. The cup. Can we show? Do you have it? Can you show us? Because I'm kind of genius. I want one, actually. This is the greasy strangler is like the Grateful Dead. Look at Dead this, guys. How amazing is that? Nice. Right? And you guys like the Grateful Dead? You like the Dead? Well, the Dead used to tell people, "Come on out, tape our shows." We don't, it's cool, you know, and just circulate it around. The Greasy Strangler is like the Grateful Dead of movies. Make your own merchandise, sell it online, have a ball. You know, going back a little backwards, um, talking about music again, can you tell us a little bit about what, like, your songwriting process is like? Yeah. Wow. I lived in Pittsburgh in a little apartment, and I just sit with my guitar and like sit and start making shit up, uh -huh. you know. And then I had all my influences. I came from the jazz world and, and classical music and some rock like Cream and and like old rock. And I just make stuff up. Just lines would come into my head, and I start thinking about things to write, subject matter, things that bother me, social stuff, and, and hopefully came up with some decent stuff. Yeah. I get one song called Things I Didn't Know about like being kind of young and innocent and all the things you didn't know and you find out about it and you're like, fuck, this sucks. <laughs> you know? Things I didn't know, you know, when you're young. Speaking of things you didn't know, is there something you know now when you start that you wish you knew when you started the acting journey? Well, go back to music. All those gigs I had, I wish I would have saved some money. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I would have saved, because I made some money in, in like music. Yeah. We, we toured and we did all this. I spent it all, man. I spent every dime I had. And it, the good thing it was, it wasn't like drugs. It was like, you know, guitars, this, that, vacations, wine. All very important things. Though. Yeah, you got to get into wine, man. Yeah. I'm going to start your... a greasy strangler Porto. <laughs> Porto wine. That's my thing, man. Don't take that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Crystal Lake, like, that's wine. I know. Yeah. Like, why not? Who's telling me that? Maynard from the Tool Lab is going to Yeah. So why the hell not, man? <laughs> Do it. Brandon has his own winery in Bordeaux. Yeah. I think the wine would become a cult classic as well, don't you guys? They would bring you guys bottles of sign. I'm telling you right now, Brad Pitt has a winery and he doesn't do a box wine called What's in the Box. He's totally. <laughs> <laughs> He's What's in the Box. Dude. <laughs>
Um, so I was also curious, you know, um, how often have you done conventions like this? And, you know, what's your experience kind of been with that? Well, I've only done three conventions. Evan from Mad Monster brought us to two, like in 2000, is it 2018, three years ago? We did Phoenix and North Carolina, and then Omaha brought us to like a homemade convention where they screened the movie. I wish they screened the movie in these places. Good, you can see the screen up here, right? So he did a little convention himself, this guy, Dr. Sanguinary. He's got a little public access show over there. And screened the movie and then had merchandise and signed stuff. So that's it. Wow. And what are you, like, how is it, um, how have you kind of, like, enjoyed it? You know, what's it like kind of getting that one-on-one -on -one time with fans? I think it's cool, man. These guys are all great. Creative, into film, you know, podcasts, and they, they come up with great stuff, and yeah. we make friends. Yeah, definitely. That's, yeah. like, the best part, and, you know, after after the year that we had, it's so nice to be able to do this, it again. This year was Rough, man. Yeah. But my puppy loved it. <laughs> I was gonna say, worst time, you know, one of the worst times for people, but dogs. They she were on the field day. Did you see my pictures of my puppy on Instagram? No. I put, I put vampire fans on him. Oh. He's a little multi. You guys have seen it. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna have I to look at that. I beanie on him. <laughs> That's great. Oh, now we need to get him some greasy strangler, um, like food bowls and stuff. <laughs> Do it, man. Very questions before we wrap her up. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, do you have any uh, future convention appearances that you know about that you can talk about? We're going to do these days at the dead. There's one in Chicago, yeah. one in Atlanta, one in. You're going to do all of those. And Evan's got six more things he's adding. He's going to do an Omaha. He's going to do a God, where was Boston? We're going to do a bunch of his. So, hey, Scott, we do Chicago. Um, since these guys are close enough, they can all drive up there. Let's uh, let's do a filming of the Greasy Strangler. And Jamie and I are going to be there too. Yeah. Yes. yes. We'll do a Strangler film. You know what, Michael and I did. This lady from uh, from England, her, her husband was having a birthday party. She she like paid us to do a scene in the movie. And we filmed a scene in the movie, dressed up, oh seven God. minutes, man. <laughs> and he, she screened it over in England, and they loved it, man. <laughs> I mean, how great. often do you get to do this stuff, man? Come on, it's great. Right. And of course, I mean, the horror comes are great. It works one great. You have two family. good ideas. I know, he just said two. Oh, you go. Oh, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. To see us and play with us, man. Absolutely. And thank you guys for coming to attend. I know it's Sunday and everyone's getting ready to leave, but I uh, definitely appreciate you showing up and your time. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you for the thank you for being a part of the Greasy Strangler. I mean, we loved it. You know, like <laughs> I honestly can't imagine anybody else in that world this late. Of course. You know what? You know why I think people love this movie? Because Jim made this movie and didn't 
didn't care if people loved it or not. Well, you have to. Like, so we, I was thinking, people are gonna hate this movie. <laughs> and I'm like, but I love it, and that's all that matters. I really thought that at the beginning of this thing, this greasy strangler, but I, this is gonna be something, even if it's nothing on the outside, it's gonna be something, you know? Well, some of the best movies, like I said, like Rocky Horror Picture Show, flopped, people hated it, despised it. I loved it. And what? I mean, even the sound, you know, at first yeah. they thought it was disgusting, yeah. and they thought it was no good, they're like, this is crazy, and the thing is a beloved, right. you know, classic. So you never know, and um, yeah, people will, all, when you love something, people will follow you everywhere about it, you know, so you're blessed. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. You're going to be at your table for a while.